a word about posture and working with physical pain. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sammasambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sammasambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sammasambuddhassa Homage to the blessed, noble and perfectly enlightened one. Sometimes, when people are new to meditation, it can come as quite a surprise, noticing just how much pain there actually is in the body. Equally though, as meditators deepen their efforts with consistency, it can be just as surprising to notice how serene and even blissful the experience of the body can be. But to be able to observe and experience these things with mindfulness and wisdom we need to cultivate a good meditation posture. When it comes to the meditation posture, what we are essentially aiming for is a posture that will support the mind in becoming upright, focused and collected for a sustainable period of time. Although we might wish to make things very cushy for ourselves at first, thinking that, if I'm really comfortable, I'll be able to sit for a really long time. What you would usually find, though, is that a posture which is too comfortable will tend to encourage daydreaming, wandering, laziness and sleepiness in the mind. A posture which is too rigid and austere, on the other hand, can lead to an increase in tension or anxiety rather than calm and ease. So we need to find the middle way with our meditation posture. We can do this by experimenting. Generally speaking, it is good to sit on the floor, in a crossed leg position. Many people find that having a padded mat underneath, as well as a cushion for supporting the back half of the buttocks, helps to take a lot of pressure off of the knees and the lower back. Once again, people will have to experiment for themselves. Some people will need a thinner or a fatter cushion. Others might need another cushion under one knee and others might not need any cushions at all. Basically, though, we all have to be willing to work with some pain, because even in a very comfortable seat, you will soon find that a part of the body begins to hurt after some time. This has, in fact, always been the case. No matter what posture we are in, if we stay in that posture for more than a few minutes, there will usually begin to be some feelings of discomfort arising. Before we began to meditate, we may hardly even have noticed this, because usually human beings, and animals as well, are wriggling and fidgeting, moving around and changing our posture all of the time, in an attempt to escape from this pain. As meditators, though, we are interested in understanding truth. We wish to begin to see things according to their true nature, and so we decide to stop for periods of time every now and then and take a closer look at these things. We have to train ourselves in becoming a little more patient with pain and unpleasant physical feelings so that we can gain a broader perspective. For beginners, this might mean that in one half an hour sitting 
we allow ourselves to mindfully change our posture after 15 minutes. With practice, as the body and mind becomes more accustomed to the meditation posture, there is usually a lessening of painful physical feelings, and over time, one can increase the duration between changing positions, from say 15 to 20 minutes, and perhaps then from 20 to 30 minutes, and then on upwards. For more experienced meditators, you might be learning how to practice more patience by increasing your capacity to sit longer, from say 30 to 40 minutes, or from 40 minutes to an hour, or even from an hour to two hours. For myself these days, when I am back at my private dwelling, I generally like to sit for about an hour and a half, and I allow myself to change positions at around 40 minute intervals. But different people will have different capacities for working with and learning from painful feelings. Some of my monk friends can, and do, frequently sit much longer than I do. It is important to remember though, that we need to take care of our knees. In learning to sit with more pain, if you find that your knees still hurt quite a bit, after the meditation session, you may be pushing things too far. It is good to increase the capacity to sit longer, and to develop insights by understanding the nature of physical feelings. And it is also important to have a long-term view, understanding that we need to keep learning from this body and mind by doing a lot of meditation over a long period of time. Once again, we think in terms of the middle way. While sitting, it is important to try to have a straight back and a head that is not too far bent forward. This simply helps us to stay alert and to keep with the set task. And it helps us to notice when sleepiness or dullness is affecting the mind. But for people who are elderly or sick or physically impaired or who have been injured, it is important to understand that this particular traditional meditation posture is not absolutely necessary. For those who can learn to sit in this way, it is worth developing the capacity. However, if one finds oneself too physically challenged to do so, then you will have to experiment and learn to find your own middle way. Experiment and see which posture allows you to focus on the in and out breath for periods of time without becoming too relaxed or too tense. Learn which posture supports the mind in becoming alert and upright and allows it to become collected. If you are starting to meditate later in life, or if you are young but have hardly ever sat on the floor before, you will probably find that there is a lot of stiffness and pain in the body at first. If you try to sit like a Buddha or an Indian yogi straight away, you might soon lose your enthusiasm for meditation. It is important to be truthful and realistic about what you are capable of in the beginning. It's okay to use a mat and a cushion and even a bench or a chair. If you do aspire to be able to sit in a formal meditation posture for long periods of time, you could consider making this a long-term goal. Learn some yoga or stretching exercises and learn how to make the body more flexible through practice, especially the hips. If the hip joints have been trained to be more flexible, 
This will take a lot of strain off of the knees. As you slowly become more flexible, you can sit in a formal posture for short periods of time and then supplement the posture with cushions or a bench. Slowly, over a period of months and years, you can increase the amount of time which you sit in the formal posture. Of course, having trained oneself to be able to sit in a traditional meditation posture does have many benefits, because once you can do so, you will find that you can sit almost anywhere. Any flat surface becomes a possible meditation place. But these days, there are chairs all over the world too, and it is fine to learn how to meditate in a chair, because once you can do this, you can then meditate in a car, a train or a bus, or on a chair in an office. In learning to be patient with unpleasant physical feelings, it is good to have a positive attitude. There are many reasons to have such a positive attitude, because in the process of learning to work with pain patiently, we find that we learn many things. We learn how to be less reactive. We learn how to discriminate and screen out things which are not so important. And we learn how to maintain focus even when things are difficult. This very ordinary, sometimes boring, sometimes frustrating experience of being patient with pain brings many blessings into our lives. By sitting each day, all sorts of useful habits and skills are being cultivated. Many meditators notice that after meditating for some time, they are able to bring much more patience into many other areas of life. It is quite normal for unenlightened beings to react whenever they feel uncomfortable or irritated. Unfortunately though, these reactions can frequently make things even worse. Once we have learned how to hold unpleasant experiences in awareness with some mindfulness, patience and equanimity, we can then bring these virtuous qualities to bear on all sorts of challenging experiences. This is a real blessing for you and everyone else in your life. Most of the meditations presented on this CD go for between 35 and 50 minutes. If you think that you will need to change your posture during this time, I recommend setting a little alarm or a timer. Preset it to go off at the time you decide you will allow yourself to move. This can be very helpful because then you won't have to keep looking at the clock to see if you can move yet. Similarly, in doing one's own regular meditation session, one can set an alarm or a little beeper to go off at the predetermined time, say, after 25 minutes or three quarters of an hour. This will allow you the freedom to relax and to focus during the meditation without too much fear or anxiety. When the alarm goes off, slowly and quietly change positions, trying to maintain a meditative attitude, and then recompose the body and mind and continue until the end of the session. In working with pain, and in learning to be more patient, we may need to stretch our capacities a little from time to time, because our comfort zone and our resistance to pain will probably stay at the same level unless we train ourselves to go beyond it. So suppose when there is a very painful feeling and we really wish to move, we decide instead to stay still for a little longer, 
not giving in to the compulsive urge to move. Counting the breaths at this time can be a very useful tool. For example, suppose there is a pain and we really want to move, but we have decided to sit for half an hour before changing posture instead of the usual 25 minutes. We peek at the clock and we notice that it has only been 27 minutes. So then we decide to count the in and out breaths up to 10. And then once we have accomplished this, we count the breaths back down from 10 to 1. If there is still some time left, we can then count the breaths from 1 up to 5, and then from 5 down to 1. For example, 1 in breath, 1 out breath. Second in breath, 2. Second out breath, 2. 3. 3, 4, 4, counting up to 10. Try to allow the breath to stay calm and natural at these times. Ordinarily, on such occasions, once we feel that there are really only just a few more breaths to go, and that we can simply take those breaths one at a time, we are usually able to stay still just that little while longer. In training ourselves to wait a little longer before moving postures, we quite naturally develop more of a capacity to simply abide with such feelings. You can try experimenting with different counting methods and see if this helps you. When you actually decide to change postures, it is important to maintain some mindfulness and some collectedness. Try to be aware that you wish to change your posture sometime before you actually do it. Be aware that you wish to change posture. And then, be aware that you are about to change postures. And then, slowly, carefully, change the posture. When you are settled again, mindfully return to the awareness of breathing. You will find that the more you can maintain some composure and peacefulness while you are changing posture, the easier it will be to pick up the meditation straight away after the change. With practice, changing postures like this can become quite seamless. Many people do not realize that they can continue meditating after quite a simple change in posture. They sit with pain until it becomes unbearable and then decide to finish the session. If you can train yourself to mindfully change your position just before the pain becomes unbearable, you might find that you can then sit for quite a while longer, continuing with the mindfulness of breathing meditation or continuing with a reflective or investigative contemplation. Of course, gifted meditators sometimes find that if they can sit through the pain until it weakens or disappears, it is then also equally possible to continue sitting for longer without any change in posture. People's aspirations and capacities can differ widely with regards to working with pain. The middle way means not straining and pushing too much, but it also means not being too timid or scared. With time, you can find the place in the middle of gently and consistently putting pressure on the habit of reactivity while slowly increasing the strength of your patient endurance. 
Once a meditator has developed some skill and patience in simply abiding with painful physical feelings, it then becomes possible to take these feelings as our teachers. That is to say, we can observe them and learn from them. Generally speaking, I would encourage people to become skilled at breath meditation and to do this a lot before moving on to investigating painful feelings. But once you have developed some forbearance and can stay somewhat collected while experiencing some pain, it is then possible to mindfully observe pleasant and unpleasant feelings a little more closely, while still maintaining a broad awareness of the in and out breaths. In working with observing physical feelings, while still maintaining a broad awareness of the in and out breaths, set the intention to observe physical feelings. In such a meditation, we are intending to see feelings as simply feelings, without adding any stories or interpretations. And we are particularly interested in observing flux and change. It is actually quite amazing how many little sensations are actually present in what had previously seemed to be just one big lump of pain. When clear mindfulness and a mind with some collected composure is brought to observe pain, it is ripe to develop a lot of insight. One can observe the way an incredible diversity of feelings are constantly changing. When mindfulness is very sharp and the mind is significantly collected, it is not uncommon for meditators to experience a lot of rapture and bliss while observing painful physical feelings. On one level there is pain, yet on another level there is a great peace and happiness. At times like these, one begins to have insights into the nature of worldly conventions and the much less linear experience of truth. Where there was pain and a knee, now there is constant change, rapture and an awe-inspiring quality of emptiness. Of course experiencing these kinds of insights would usually take some training. These things are difficult to describe and must be explored and experienced individually. But it is worth mentioning that investigating painful feelings can be a very insightful and rewarding practice. Many meditators have developed a lot of wisdom by engaging in this sort of practice. A lot of people find it easier to have the energy and the courage to do this sort of practice in group retreat situations. Suppose in such a situation there is a scheduled sitting that goes for an hour, and usually you would change your posture after 40 minutes. But during this retreat you have decided to sit for the full hour without changing posture. After 40 minutes, pain soon becomes the most prominent perception in the mind. You have some clarity and peacefulness from your breath meditation, and so you decide to mindfully investigate the feelings, observing all of the subtle nuances of change within the feelings. It is recommended particularly to pay attention to when such feelings cease. One second, the pain is there, screaming as it were and the next second, it is simply gone. Often, we have an assumption when there is a painful feeling, it seems like it will never go away, it seems unbearable, and it seems permanent. And somehow, the pain seems like a real and solid thing, 
When we look at it more closely, however, there is nothing solid there at all. The whole experience is constantly shifting and moving, and sure enough, with a little patience and mindfulness, we notice that these feelings can be endured, and then all of a sudden, they pass away. Another feeling arises, stays for some time, and then it also ceases. Training to notice the cessation of feelings helps to develop a heightened awareness of impermanence. And as was mentioned before, when we have developed some patience in working with pain, this patience can have a spillover effect in all of the other areas of our lives. Similarly, a more acute awareness and acceptance of impermanence also brings many benefits to our lives. After meditating upon these themes for some time, we might find that we are not so upset or disappointed when things change unexpectedly. When a friend or a loved one dies, when a plan falls through, or when we lose some object that we were attached to, we understand that things must change. For people who are not yet ready to jump into the trenches of investigating painful feelings, there are other ways to contemplate the impermanence of feelings as well. Once the mind has become a little bit peaceful, we can train ourselves, for example, to notice the end of each in-breath. The feelings involved in the in-breath will cease, and there will be a space. And then we can notice the end of the out-breath. The feelings of the out-breath cease, and then there is a space. Try to pay more attention to these little moments of cessation and to these spaces between each in and out breath. Sharpening mindfulness by observing cessation and the impermanent nature of feelings. Similarly, with other feelings such as little pains and little itches, etc., we can investigate them. We can watch them arise, stay for a while, changing all the time, and then they cease. Another feeling arises somewhere, and we can investigate that. There are pleasant feelings, neutral feelings, and unpleasant feelings, and frequently combinations of these. We can train in seeing feelings as simply being feelings, and train in noticing the way that they come and go, arise and cease. And we can also consider the way that none of these feelings are a self, nor do they belong to a self. They come and they go, according to conditions, arising and ceasing. Training in being mindful of physical feelings in these ways will help us to develop wisdom, and in turn, having developed a little more wisdom, we will find it easier to practice being mindful more consistently. We will remember the importance of mindfulness, and we will learn ways to cultivate it and integrate it into our lives. And so now we come to the end of this short talk. I hope that some of what I have offered here has been helpful to some of you. I wish you all every success in your meditation. May we all become more patient and more wise, and may we all learn to meditate more and more, receiving the excellent fruits of these wonderful practices. For certain character types, and for many people at times, emotional feelings, 
particularly in the area of the heart and chest, may sometimes be very palpable. Sometimes, when we are distressed or excited about something, these mental feelings can become more prominent than the feelings involved in the breathing. I have offered some suggestions about how to practice with this type of phenomena in another talk. Working with the five hindrances and mental, emotional pain. If you feel that that talk might be helpful for you, please go ahead and listen to that other talk when you have the time. Similarly, for those people with very crowded and noisy minds, please don't worry, you are not alone. Many modern people have a real challenge with the thinking mind. You may also find some of the information and suggestions contained on the talk about the five hindrances quite helpful. Once again, I wish you every success in your practice. Be well.